Your podcast starts after this quick message from Clear. The average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for allergens and germs to get in your nose and body and wreak havoc. That is, unless you regularly clean your nose and sinuses. So for healthy breathing and a strong body, use Clear Nasal Spray. Clear is a natural nasal spray featuring xylitol, an ingredient clinically proven to work against bacteria and effectively clean, not just rinse, your nose. Clear Nasal Spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. In fact, in a recent study, researchers found that xylitol nasal sprays like Clear are just as effective as leading medicated nasal sprays. For better breathing, get Clear today. That's spelled X-L-E-A-R. You can find it at all major retailers, CVS, Rite Aid, Walgreens, Sprouts, Whole Foods, and everywhere else. It's time to separate fact from fiction and health fads. It's time for the Dr. Holly Lucille Show. Here's Dr. Holly. Hi there, mindful listeners. Thank you so much. This is Mindful Medicine. Thanks again for being with us, sharing part of your day. Guess what we're going to be talking about today? Uh, Sleep and the science of sleep. And hopefully when we get deeper into the science of sleep, there'll be points and little nuggets that help us all sleep better because if there's one thing I see in my practice and my everyday life, People um, are short of sleep, and of course, it's well known that your day starts that night before, and it's sleep is probably one of the best anti-aging medications. It is, um, or I shouldn't say medications, but anti-aging modalities. Uh, it's where human growth hormone is made. When you get to sleep and you stay asleep and you cycle through all of those lovely stages of sleep, it is where tissue repair happens. It's where We get to rest and relax and repair, and we're not doing enough of it. So I'm going to introduce my guest. Her name is Tara Youngblood. She's a fusion scientist, so we're going to find out about what that is as well, and a visionary leader in the future of sleep-driven health, combining multiple disciplines, including alternative medicine, physics, and sleep diagnostics. She works with leading international researchers to further studies on cold therapy We're going to find out about that too and its impact on sleep and she wrote and published the leading white paper connecting more than 70 research papers to the effects of temperature on sleep quality and as an expert in sleep science she is highly regarded and sought after and we have her right here tara thank you so much for being here is it tara or tara tara but i'll answer to either (laughs) yeah tara okay we're going to call you that then thanks for being here um all right let's just start out with that that title. Uh, what's a fusion scientist? So, a way long time ago, when I started my educational journey, I wanted to change the world of energy. Fusion is actually what the sun does for energy, and it involves plasma physics and energy fields, magnetic fields specifically. Um, but at that time, the U.S. specifically was kind of giving up on fusion engineering, so I kind of set my sights. Um, towards business. My husband, who I met in college, his uncle invented the waterbed, and we wow. had to work designing products for him out of school. So it kind of became this weird transition where I could apply some really cool physics to life and products. Wow, that's that's great. That is, um, I remember, I mean, it, it kind of threw me back. I actually have um, a dear, dear friend of mine who still sleeps on a waterbed. She's had it for years and years and years and years and loves it, and she still sleeps on a waterbed. And I guarantee she probably is sleeping pretty well because it's a great way to control your temperature at night. 
Yeah, so to that point, how did you become interested in temperature regulation? Now, of course, this is something that I hear from um, my sleeping partner and um, from other folks that, you know, they're, they're, if they're going through hot flashes or it's too hot, and oh my gosh, when we went camping, it was the perfect sleeping weather. But how did you get interested in temperature regulation as a means of improving sleep? I am so interested in this. So honestly, you know, is, is taking lessons learned from the waterbed. But, you know, my husband and I have, have kind of become chronic product designers and developers. So when we first started out with this idea, it was really more just about sort of fine-tuning comfort. Um, he sleeps hot and I like to have a warm bed, but not that warm. Um, and he desperately wants it cold all the time. So those temperature wars that you're talking about. Um, so we sort of designed this with an idea of like individualized temperature. So each side could have a remote and control their temperature. What we discovered along the way is I, uh, was highly stressed. We had some business stuff, some family stuff that created this tsunami of, of stress and yuck and created a not great sleep environment. And uh, remarkably, when we changed the temperature, metric in sleep, it started really changing how well we could sleep despite what was going on in our day-to-day life. So the physicist to me said, hmm, temperature is really special. Um, temperature in the scheme of the world, like you said, the environment is a natural trigger. There's all sorts of uh, science around why that sort of change of temperature does that. And we can get into what it does to your neurons and your brain. But, you know, overall, I'm like, this This sounds really neat. So I honestly dove into it headlong of trying to figure out uh, what temperature does for sleep. It's a really difficult thing to study because trying to put a lab into a temperature-controlled environment and manipulate sleep in a sleep lab that way, there wasn't a lot of great information on how to sort of create uh, a, an area of research on it on my own because not a lot had been done at that point. Um, so I really got into what cold and what temperature can do for sleep states, sleep architecture, sleep quality, um, and really found that there's a magical spot. Um, Clifford Sapier out of Harvard actually first coined the term sleep switch, where your neurons in your brain are actually triggered by temperature, and kind of went from there to see, well, how much, how much change can I trigger? And it's, it's been kind of a fun ride. Wow, it's fascinating. So uh, I want to get into it. Um, I mean, what's wrong with how we're sleeping in the modern world? And uh, because sleep is such an issue for folks, I mean, across the board, um, what is wrong? And then I want to kind of open that up to this whole idea of temperature regulation and how important it is from your your perspective, from an evolution, evolutionary perspective as well. But what's going on right now currently in our modern world? And, and hook this back into the temperature because I'm I'm fascinated. Yeah. So, you know, when we look at our environment in the last 50 years, we have worked really hard to make it smarter and more consistent and create this homeostasis that we live in where we set our temperature, whether it's summer or winter, between 68 and 72 degrees on average, for that house temperature and we don't go outside we use artificial light so you look at all the physical stimuli that our body would have relied on even just 50 to 100 years ago to trigger us to sleep um, trigger us to, to change our circadian rhythm all of those triggers would have existed outside or be highly influenced by the outside even if we had a house it still would have been hotter during the day and cooler at night we've changed all that with air conditioning and this constant temperature environment this constant lighting that exists from the moment we wake up with our and then we attach our phones to it 
our computers to it, and mm. we artificially lit from the start of our day to the end of our day, and there's no variation on that. So our bodies really love change. We like to think they don't like change, and it feels more comfortable to not have change. But anything that kind of forces that, like going outside or, or changes, is actually what our brain is looking for, for triggering those neurons to release hormones that tell us to go to sleep. So temperature specifically talks to that old part of your brain. So when I say old part, I mean evolutionary old, that brain stem, that unconscious part of your brain that controls like how you breathe and, and heartbeat and you don't really have to think too hard about that area. In there, are your VLPO neurons are excited by a temperature change. And when I say temperature change, it's looking for the difference between daytime and nighttime. It's looking for, you know, a substantial change uh, in your lighting. It's looking from going from bright light during the day to that dim dusk night time stuff to trigger those type of changes. And we don't do that anymore. We don't, we, we have these constant environments. And then you couple that with when we go to sleep, we have memory foam, which is awesome for comfort. Not awesome for temperature regulation. The foam absorbs our heat no. from our bodies and then reflects it back to us. We insulate ourselves with these wonderful blankets. The materials on them have come a long way and they're great, but that also insulates from whatever we've done in our environment. Even if our environment is that 60 to 68 that people talk about that sweet spot for sleep, only our heads are sticking out really at that point and getting that temperature. So we've really sabotaged our circadian rhythm from being able to be at the lowest point is between two and four in the morning for most people. And if we're in a hot environment, basically baking under the covers and a constant homeostatic environment, there's nothing that helps our body drop its core body temperature. All right. I get it. So it sounded like the things that you were um, listing off there as far as what is more um, what the environment is more amenable. It, it sounds like it, it's matching a term I've heard before called sleep hygiene. You know, it's the, what's your sleep hygiene? You know, is and it, 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 am I correct in saying that? Yeah. So you know, I think it does revolve around habits. You know, I'm a big believer in you know looking at your overall health habits and creating you know that ideal environment for sleep. They call it hygiene, sleep hygiene, which is not a very sexy term, but it is. It is natural in the sense that you're creating, you know, those sort of habits that create good, healthy sleep. All right. And so you mentioned it's more important to cool the surface of the bed versus just cooling the temperature in the room. And you said if if you just cool the temperature in the room, if we're we're going along this line, your head is the only thing usually sticking out. And so talk to me more about that. Yeah. So for a lot of people, that's why they end up sort of flipping the pillow, looking for a chance to cool because... You know, our heads are really great places for venting off heat. That's why we wear a hat in the wintertime to keep the heat in. Um, but if that's the only way that our bodies can vent that heat, if you have a high metabolism, high BMI person, um, they're going to struggle with getting enough heat off of them. On average, they may put off 100 to 120 watts of heat during the night. And that's a fair amount of heat. We liken it to a light bulb, but it's actually a fair amount of heat energy and if you trap that in that's only going to warm you not cool let you cool off like you need to and what that does for your sleep is it yeah go ahead that's exactly what i was going to ask what is the sleeping cold like what's the big deal of sleeping cold yeah so this is the magical part of the research that didn't exist prior to having a chili pad having a way to research and really look at this 
um, and it's pretty magical. So deep sleep um, is traditionally been uh, looked at as you know that sort of recovery, as you mentioned in the start of your podcast, that's where your growth hormone is released. That's where a lot of that sort of recovery, really health metrics are located. That's what is most likely if you feel rested in the morning, it's most likely because you got really good deep sleep. Um, and it decreases with age. So by the time we're 80, we may get no deep sleep naturally, certainly in our current homeostasis environment. So what temperature does, cooling that sleeping zone, especially during the first half of your night, you're able to get really good deep sleep. So the numbers we're able to get, we call it sleep density and or you know another translation is for that sleep quality. So depending on how much time you have, you know, usually on average, people are looking optimally to get two hours of deep sleep a night. We can still get that even in six hours with temperature. We're able to get it despite age, despite metabolism, um, professional athletes, Olympic athletes, people that are traveling or even have jet lag can still get that consistent deep sleep. And it really does revolve around that cold temperature. It's just keeping your body cool enough to really drop and to make sure it triggers deep sleep. Okay, so you and your husband, Todd, um, you have invented mm-hmm. something then called Chili Pad. So mm-hmm. I want to know what I want to know what the Chili Pad is because I'm looking at it right now. And also, when it comes to this optimal sleep temperature, does is it sort of like people have the optimal firmness of the mattress that they have? Some like it harder, some like it softer. Do people have different temperatures that that is their sweet spot for sleep? Yeah, so one of the ways I like to explain it to people is there's kind of three buckets of sleep throughout the night and three buckets of temperature that people are going to fit sort of profile into. The first bucket is like what it feels good to to climb into a bed. And some of that's just plain habit. It's what you grew up with. It's what feels good. Uh, Some of it's about that sort of temperature profile of what's going on during the day because sometimes that shifts throughout a lifetime. As you get older, you may want to climb into a warm bed, whereas as a younger person, you might have been hot or had a higher metabolism and wanted to climb into a cool bed. Um, you know, as you mentioned, menopause, that's another factor of what that, that starting temperature is, that what feels good to help put you to sleep. You know, one of the ways to also do that without the chili pad is, you know, people will take a shower or bath, sort of heat up their body so it naturally starts to drop down to that 68 ambient temperature you know, kind of use that as a trigger. So there are other ways to sort of trigger that, but you still want to have some temperature metric that you're thinking about when you go to sleep. The second bucket of the night really is about that deep sleep, and you want that to be as cool as you can tolerate. You have a fairly high tolerance window once you're asleep. So once you've fallen asleep, that can be much cooler than you think it would be. So we really recommend that you really look on the cool side, and that's anywhere south of your body temperature. For some people, it's only a few degrees. For some people, it's significant, low regular ambient temperature. And then that second half of the night, what happens in your, is in your circadian rhythm, there's really a valley that is in the middle of the night. And it's, you know, that the bottom of that valley depends on the person and when you go to sleep. It's usually between two and four in the morning. And so when that valley, you start to come out of that valley, you really want to warm up a little bit. And it might match that starting temperature if it's warmer or it might be just a few degrees warmer than your coldest part, but that'll also trigger the release of cortisone and the, the, the REM cycles and really force you to come up out of sleep. And when it does that with 
temperature, there's sort of this natural like, oh, I just woke up at the right time. Um, you may have heard of a smart sleep alarm that tries to wake you up when you're in that right time. Temperature naturally triggers your body to be in the right cycle to wake up. Wow. All right, so tell me about this chili pad and how it helps because it looks fascinating and it looks like I just want to kind of get into bed and stay there and cool down and go to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's definitely the purpose. Like from a sleep hygiene perspective, you want that bed place to be where you want to climb into, where you want to relax, where you want to be that safe sleep zone. Um, The chili pad is just a mattress pad, as you would picture, like a mattress topper or a mattress protector to go under your sheet. It's got tubing in it, so it really acts like a radiator for your human heat engine, and it maintains whatever temperature you put it at underneath you the whole time. So you'll hear about cooling mattresses or even cooling sheets or, or wicking pajamas. Most of those are passively cooled, so it's basically using your body's natural sweat system to help cool you a little bit, but it's not actively cooling you. It would be like running your car without a radiator. You definitely want that active cooling to to focus that cooling right underneath you where you're sleeping. I love it. You know, and so, I mean, I think it is going to be so, so, let me just tell people where they can find it um, because I think that's going to be important. Um, The website is Chili, so C-H-I-L-I technology.com correct chili technology.com yep um and you know as a naturopathic doctor the big thing that i my 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 one big thing my one big principle that i always follow is the healing power of nature the fact that there's an innate ability for um just like in nature the body to come back into balance and heal itself and i'm not kidding you when i say when you're out camping and it's like and i've heard it if i've heard it once i've heard it a thousand times oh my gosh, it was the perfect sleeping weather. It was the perfect sleeping weather. And I really never thought about it until now that there's actually science behind this perfect quote-unquote sleeping weather and it has to do with the, the, the benefits of sleeping cold. Yes, you know, it's how we, we have evolved as animals a certain way and it's really only in the last 50 years and we kind of forget that, you know, not that long ago and, and honestly lots of places around the world still don't have air conditioning. We kind of take that for granted. Um, but it is it is just sort of natural for your body to follow that during the day. I absolutely agree on the power of sleep. I think it's the the really the key to a lot of these chronic diseases that you talked about. Um, I have uh, suffered that when I talked about my stress tsunami, I ended up getting Hashimoto's and I was really getting just not feeling well. Um, and was able to, you know, really focus on my sleep, other health metrics as well. But, you know, sleep is a magnifier. If you do a diet and you sleep well, you're going to eat less calories. You're going to have better willpower. You're going to have all those emotional tools you need to do diet better. The same applies for exercise. When you're in a good mental state from sleep, you have better recovery. Your muscles do better. That whole system responds to exercise in a completely different way using a well-slept body versus a tired, exhausted, sleep-debt body. They are night and day. They don't perform the same in any aspect of performance, cognitive, memory, to athletic performance. Sleep makes it better. It also, if you're not getting good sleep, it also, you know, can hurt all the other things you're doing. So if you have a great diet and exercise and you're just tired all the time, it's not going to be the same. Nope. And you can't lose weight if you don't sleep. And all right, there we have it. Fusion scientist, Terry Youngblood. 
of uh, Cryo Inc. and we've got ChiliTechnology.com. Thank you so much for imparting this wisdom and making the connection for me. Mindful listeners, wake up, use your mind, sleep better, get cold. All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much.